0: Welcome back to episode two from the Great American Outdoor Show. In this episode, it's me and Chris just sitting in the booth chit-chatting and, and just talking a little bit about a lot of different things. I mean, we covered a lot of topics real quick and just had a fun time while we was kind of watching everybody walk around the booth, holler at people. So check it out. If you didn't come to the show, you missed out, I highly recommend going to the Great American Outdoor Show in PA. It is a blast. There's a ton of stuff to look at. Um... Over on my podcast on Fence and Feathers, I'm going to discuss some stuff about I was a little disappointed in, but that's not on this podcast. So make sure you check out Red Lake Talk, at part two, right now. Man, the tatted people have showed up. I can't tell how loud I'm in when I'm on this.
1: You got people looking at calls.
0: Hey, Sean, you got to step up and sell one here. I want to see a cell. Oh, gosh, what happened? We just lost volume. Oh, no, it was you. You didn't talk. Okay. I'm just kind of watching at the moment. Y- yeah. I've hit the button, so we can just start whenever because I'll w- have to edit these.
1: kind of flabbergasted. <laughs> I think that's the appropriate term. As he's rummaging around for a Mike and Ike, watching people come up look at the calls, completely ignoring them for a Mike and Ike.
0: In the white shirt.
1: Here, let me see. I'll help you. He, he's going to throw him away. He's going to throw him away.
0: <laughs> you're going to throw him away. I'm, I not,
1: I'm, I'm really... Did you get it? Yeah, I was going to show you a trick how you use the side. You ruined it. Thanks for ruining Christmas. All right, man, let's talk. What do you want to talk about?
0: What do we want to talk about? Um, I don't know at the moment.
1: Fair enough. Um, we'll
0: just start bullshitting. What do you yeah. want... What do you What do you want to talk about? I'll say this much: for my first time been to the show, I'm I'm very impressed by it. Um, there's a ton of stuff here. You were right. It's going to take about seven days to get through this thing. Yeah, it's. It I mean, just, unless you do a vendor list and like look at the list, I want to see this person, this person, this person, this person, which is what I did. Walked in, went and seen this person, this person, this person, this person, and I came back and I was done for the day. Um, I'm not a person that wants to go shopping and go look around at stuff. So, like, I was pretty well done quick.
1: I get it. Um,
0: Move the mic a smidge closer to your mouth.
1: Doing a a day trip doesn't do this show any justice. And I I get where you're at. Hey, I'm going to look specifically who I want to look at. Go visit them. Check out their products. Make my purchase and go. Um, but you miss out on some really good vendors
0: that are just random that I don't know about.
1: Really good gadgets. Like, I can guarantee you, you didn't even think about Goldie's Alpaca Socks.
0: No, I wouldn't have unless you told me. No. Nah. Yeah. Like, so, that's, that's one. Um, the Choke Tube Company. Yeah. Um, Mueller. Yep. Didn't know yeah. anything about them. Never even knew they existed, actually. Yeah.
1: So it's a huge opportunity to go around, find new brands, find those up and comers, find those established brands that may not you know, be the, the mainstream brand and find some great quality products. So, I'll you an opportunity to kind of, you know, talk shop. So, whatever your niche is, whether it's turkey, whether it's waterfowl, whether it's deer, whether it's moose, predator. So, I mean, you can sit down and have great conversations, learn something, too, while you're doing it.
0: Yes, I will say, like, I did enjoy, like, the vendors I went to talking to them about, like, stuff. But it was more of, I was coming here because I wanted to hang out with you guys. I wanted to see Steve. I wanted to. And, you know, I was more on a mission more than, like, a trip to, like, go to the.
1: No, I get it. We love having you here, man. Um, Um, It's been a blast. Watching you work the booth was nice, too. Handing calls off. Tell them to try this one. Hey, hold your hands this way.
0: Dude, I can can sell some shit. I just can't blow them that great. So, I got to, like, like I told Matt earlier, I was like, dude, if you just want to sit back there and you just have a call ready in your hand and I'll hand you a duck call if you need to take a duck call, I can, like, take care of just lining it up.
1: You know. Believe it or not, it's it's not about who can blow or you know, work a call the greatest. In fact, the majority of the guys that come up to the booth, um, what they're looking for is they're looking for advice. What they're looking yes. for is help or um, how do I hit this note? How can I do this? How do I hold this? So, And it's giving that person that time, making that investment in them. And you'd be surprised spending 10 minutes with someone and getting them to commit to a month of practice, and it's a world of difference.
0: Well, I think Matt um, – a sell we made a little while ago to a boy who's definitely not going to regret buying that goose call. He he was hesitant on him. I made the comment, like, he was like, I can't blow a goose call anyway, so what's the matter? And I was like, well, why don't you learn? And, like, I mean, I could have taught him some stuff, but he kind of already was not like where I was. Mm-hmm. But it was more of he needed, like, what he what he really needed was just someone to basically be like, dude, you, you got to realize that. Those cheap calls, yeah, they get the job done and stuff. But at the end of the day, when it's cold outside and you go to blow it one time and it won't make a noise because it's stuck or it just screams really loud on high-pitched squeals, yeah, but that was, that was because you didn't want to spend money one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, like, it took us talking to him for a few minutes, but he came right back and he talked to Matt for like three seconds and he was buying a call.
1: Yeah, another thing you got to think about, too, is eventually you wear your read out. Yes. The, the reed's no different than tires on your truck. Eventually, they're going to wear out. Yeah. So um, the, the cheaper calls, you are you can't call them up and be like, hey, can I send my call to you for tune? Whereas the more expensive uh, calls, the acrylics, the, the customized stuff, absolutely, call us up. We can just it. up. we do lifetime tuning on our stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we understand that. We want guys running our stuff. We want guys beating the daylights out of them. And we don't want them giving up on it when it, you know, gets out of sorts.
0: Yeah, and I think here, I think one was that we, um, that like we kind of we were talking about when you weren't in the booth. I think you were off, um, over talking with Duckwaters. Was that like that people don't understand the different tuning when it comes to a call, like tuning a juice call, light tuning a juice call, mm. heavier the blow, like your nah. style of blowing versus my style of blowing versus Matt's style of blowing versus Tim's versus Sean. Like it's completely like all of us are a little different. And like I would say, you blow you you want to put the most air into a call out of all of us,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and like doesn't change the end product. All it changes is how the read needs to be set.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And guys don't even understand it. They just pick up a call, blood, and be like I doesn't fit me. I don't like what it does. Well, you hand them another one in the same thing, and they're like, "Well, what's different? The read? Mm-hmm. How the read is set? Yeah, the tuning, <laughs> tuning, you, you tune a call. Yeah, you tune a call. Um, it's like the um, the Amish boys. You talk with them today." um on that cell i like, talked to him a little bit about tuning changing stuff up you marked remember you marking the read for them showing them mm-hmm. like hey take it apart clean it that's a big thing you preached to me a bunch which i've done like after i've talked about three loop apart but now i've learned how to tune a goose call so it also helps yeah learn about trial there too you, that
1: you, you want there to be a little bit when you're pushing that read in you want there to be a little bit of a click that's going to be that snap um in any one of your any one of the tones you're making um But you hit the nail on the head. We all blow a call differently. And Doug used this analogy, and I love him for it. He's like, you know what? Not all size 10 shoes are the same. Yeah. So find what fits you. You know, if you're hitting a few notes out of it, you like the sound coming out of it, that's an easy fix. Some guys like a stiff reed. A stiff reed is a reed that's just been untouched. So some guys like a light reed. That's a reed that's actually been shaved. And there's varying degrees of shaving that you can do.
0: And... um yeah I mean that's the that's a big difference there mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot that like people like and I understand that more because where I work with a boot company like he like I don't know how many different models of boots now he's designed and produced and they're different each each one like just because they're kind of fit a little different it just changes a little bit different so each tens are not the same tin mm-hmm. I mean it's it's one of the most simple analogies mm-hmm. that makes the most sense mm-hmm. I mean, it's very – I like it.
1: I think when you take the call apart right in front of them, make some subtle adjustments with it, and they're like, what the heck? Like, it's just that simple. You yeah. know, and you, you put it back together, um, clean it, give it a few whacks, then, you know, just go ahead and clean it, hand it back to them, and they start singing on it. It's like it just – it clicks at that point. Yeah. That we, and can, we customize and tune this for you.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're going to – I mean – we're going to make sure it's right when it leaves the booth. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure it fits you. And that's, and that's one thing you talked about with someone that was like, oh, I'll look at them online or something. We're like, yeah, you can look it up online, but here's the problem. When it leaves the shop, like me and Matt and you talked about, there was there was a big difference in in who's tuning it. Like you're tuning it kind of for yourself. So like they can give you a little bit like I want it kind of light. Like maybe they'll give you that advice or maybe they don't. They just order a call and then it's like, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what this guy wants. I mean, that's one thing I don't think people understand. And it's like with every call company. I know guys who buy a 1,000 duck calls and they buy around, buy around, buy around. But they don't – because, like, it's tuned differently for everyone.
1: Yeah, you're getting what we're doing in the tuning shop that day. And if you're putting – if the guy tuning calls is putting a ton of air into a call, that's what you're getting. Yeah. So, um, now, some things have changed. Um. So we're able to utilize Zoom and Google, uh, do a little FaceTime, actually sit down, and work with people. So I've done calling seminars that are we have as few as two people and we have as many as thirty people. So we sit down and go over notes and let people practice their notes. And it gets a little chaotic when you get bit or, um, when you get the larger groups. So, but it's it's making those investments in people so they build that confidence.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we pulled um, a young boy this morning behind showed him some stuff we pulled another young boy off to his side showed him some stuff yeah i think we i've handed i don't know how many calls to the little kids that like most vendors probably wouldn't even let them touch a call and i'm like i know you you're gonna let them touch a call yeah i mean i tried to get a two-year-old to blow a wood duck call and it was the funniest thing in the world because he does the same thing my two-year-old does right. you show him how to blow like just blow air in it and like his dad showed him and then he just makes noise with his mouth Yep, and it's like the mo- it's the most funny thing ever because you're like just blown. and He's like they're making the hum noise with their mouth, and it's like it's 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 making those investment in people and like oh these people are going to remember that and that's the kind of company this is. Yeah, you, that's kind of company that you want to run.
1: Essentially, I want you know I can make investments in people. Um, I want my team to make investments in people, and I want the people we touch and we work with that you know are thankful to find those people they can put their arm around and show them the way. It sounds nuts, but I mean, and it
0: really has nothing to do with, like, yeah. It like at the end of the day, like it's not truly about making a sale. It's more about helping. Like, there was the one boy who I was showing some calls to, and then all of a sudden the one guy goes, "Well, he won't make me. I'm trying to get him to make me a call." Well, then you start talking to the dude about making calls. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, no one realizes it's there's no like big deal like. It's no, like, who's what call, what calls what. It's more, at the end of the day, it's, like, making sure they understand the call, understand blowing it, understand the behind it. You know what I mean? Like the And, like, that's the company, what the company's there for. It's
1: I don't want it to be, like, when we first started, as closed door as it was. So when you went to other call makers and asked for help. So, and it, it was, to a degree, it was difficult, and we, we, we spent a lot of time banging heads against walls, trying to get it figured out, but once we got it figured out, and I swore to myself I'd never be that guy. If someone called me up to ask for help, I was going to give them that help.
0: And I, I think that's a big thing, and you can see it in the calling market. Like, me and Sean were talking on the way up the road this morning. You know, a lot of call, like, I mean, the old call companies are kind of like going to the wayside, to an extent, like... Every day there's a new call company coming up. And, you know, not that that kid ain't got talent or anything, but, like, there's a new call company popping up. And it's more duck side than it is anything. Mm-hmm. On the duck side, there's there's a new duck call company. And, like, customs, the custom stuff popping up, the custom woods, insane, like, especially out of Arkansas, Louisiana, Missis- Mississippi, Oklahoma, like, all those guys that are just, like, and they're legit call makers that, like, you know, like, and most of them are coming up because someone's opened the door. Like there's a whole entire network of them out there now.
1: Yeah, there's and there's an art to it. You know, Ernie Ross and Ken Easton are good, good buddies of mine. Um, so and just to watch the things they they do, and I've got, I've dabbled a little bit of it um, when I have the time. So, um, but I also rely heavily on those guys, and they rely heavily on me when we have conversations about. You know, we're talking about tone boards and bone, or you know, board depths, barrel lengths, back fours, so on. Um, You know, but this is the thing guys coming in don't quite understand. You know, I was just talking with GP about how we created our our speckle belly gut. And I I told him I was basing it off the Canada Goose, and I was like, man, that just screwed me up. I'm like, we were getting good tones, getting good sounds. I'd send it down to Arkansas and Louisiana for the guys to try, and they're like, it's just not right. You know, and it dawned on me, I'm just making a gut that's too big. I'm making a Canada Goose gut. So, um Kent told me to, cut it, to to bring it down some, so and then Ryan Barton did the same exact thing. He's like, you need to make a smaller gut. So and I, I left the actual insert the same. I just changed the the yeah. I changed the OD and the ID as far as the gut went. Yeah, like and it's like world of difference.
0: Yeah, I have a I've messed with a couple spec calls. Our because yours ain't out yet and stuff. Yeah, and dude, it is. Big exhaust, big, like, small guts, huge exhaust, and yeah. they're the most high-pitched. There's
1: an echo that goes on in that chamber. I wasn't quite getting the echo, and then the moment I went down to the to the smaller gut was the moment I was getting a beautiful echo out of it. So, and that's what those guys really liked and they gravitated towards because it was super easy to tune as well, too.
0: You get so, that hum. I think yeah. they call it a hum when it comes to those speckle bellies and stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're able to pull that off with just the process of making a gut. You now, yeah. for for those of you guys that are at home, start with bondo, and you yes. carve it out. You shape it, and you start carving, and you start carving, and you start carving.
0: I got to talk to you about I have a, I have a weight idea for decoy weights. Okay. I need someone to help me like figure out how I can get it made. Um, I think in theory it might be a horrible. I think it'll just sell because of the name of it more than what it is. But yeah. That just made me think of it because you said Bondo and started at home because I was trying to think of how you make a lead mold. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I can't think of how to make one.
1: No, I do know a guy that does because he's actually made some of them. He, he used to make his own um, Texas rigs. So, and he, he was using basically just the, the, the egg weights. So, and he had a weight-making kit for, like, catfishing, but he wanted to go to a larger one. So he reached out to those guys and they were absolutely, they, they were able to help him make one.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Now I know everything we're talking about. Yeah. I have the same, because I make my own J weights, because that's usually what I run, but I thought of a cool Texas rig looking weight just because of what it is, because of like some of the crap you see out there. People are like, oh, like, you know what I mean?
1: Well, like the one that Justin Darn near took his hat off with last year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it that it's it, you don't think of them being dangerous, but man, hot darn! I would have much rather got hit the nugget with a <laughs> with an egg weight as opposed to that thing. Holy cow!
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if mine will be much safer, but <laughs> there I don't know what his was. But like, I like what made me think of one was: Have you ever seen the duck feet? Duck okay. feet weights? Yeah, that's like when I'm out there and like it's a, like becoming a pretty popular band. So I was like, oh, all you gotta do is like. Think of something like similar like that, and I was like, "Dude, people would probably buy that left and right if they're making their own rigs." That's kind of the problem. Like Da Bomb has like little the little Da Bomb for their anchors. Um, like that's just just it's just branding, pretty much. Um, sorry that I took a complete right field turn there. Yeah. I don't know what kicked it. <laughs> I haven't had coffee in a while, so the ADHD's kicking in now. <laughs> the, You're fine. It, the it, the it, caffeine's it, like getting there.
1: There's sensory overload as well too. So. Um. Yeah, that's actually a pretty cool idea. So, Matt's trying to get our attention. I'm not quite no, sure. No, it why. was me. Yeah? It was
0: me, and I wasn't even looking at that. Like, I, I was. I got distracted by a decoy, if you want to know the truth, Matt. <laughs> i seen a decoy move out of the corner of my eye. I look at it. I don't, the squirrel didn't even hit me. It was more decoy, decoy than squirrel.
1: No, there, there's some good ideas. I know one guy did a retractor for a while and was doing retractors for long, for long lines, which was genius. Um, I'm not sure about the durability of them, but. A lot of the guys that were into the long lines were interested in that. So um, I would almost like a kit where you start off and, you know, where you're given 60 inches of material and then you can actually customize.
0: Well, I do the, um, like, I use Lifetime because I like the coated cable and they sell the DUI kits where it's 125 feet yeah. and you can do whatever you want. So I can make 20s, 15s, 10s.
1: How many weights you get?
0: You don't get weights. No? You can buy you can buy weights from them individually, or you can do like I have my own mold and I have all my own lead, so I make all my own j weights. So everything I make is a j weight I like because I bag I, I bag everything myself. Now, if I wasn't gonna bag stuff myself, I did use I'm making some keyless decoys and I'm gonna use this little two ounce catfish weights because you don't need much weight. Like it's more of just so the line falls down.
1: Well, just remember too, the longer your line, the less weight you got to use. So, I mean, I've got some 40 putters that we use on the Ohio River with that current. I'm only running like three ounces of weight on them. And we're yeah. running goose floaters off of them.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah. I did switch to, like I told you, I switched to the 24, 20 foot goose floaters this year, 20 foot long lines. And I will say, I switched to the little lesser decoys, and they did, they did the job. That's it. I think it's, it's white butts. That's
1: it. White D- butts. Dude, it
0: was literally just the color of them. And like the day we struggled to have them finish in the backwater, and I shot like shit. My buddy was like, oh, what's the problem? I was like, they don't have enough room to land. I was like, I was a dumbass and didn't throw the geese far enough away. And I was like, they're picking up because they don't want to go over top of the geese decoys." So when they realized they were out of room and they couldn't get down, they would quickly try to get up, and that's when we'd have to take them, which it worked minus me missing, yeah. which I was talking to Matt. I've got I've to take a little thinking out of the shooting the 28 and put a little more. Just I'm messing up my lead. I'm panicking too much on it, like. You shoot good shells out of a gun; it'll kill. You're reacting. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. So. And then and then I'm react. I'm actually like I'm reacting so bad. I'm reacting early because I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's a, it's a goose, and I've got a 28 instead of just like killing it. Have you just ever sh- done a flurry? No. Nah.
1: We used to do these all the time where we throw a 50 bird flurry, and we'd have three guys, and one guy says pull, and that's it, and you throw 50 birds. And the guys have to coordinate. So I could do that because I have double. Non- th- th- I had two throws. Yeah, and it is absolutely nonstop until you're done with the fifty. So, and each guy's got to bring you know twenty. Bring twenty-five shells. Yep. So, and it, it's not how many shots you take; it's how many birds you break out of fifty.
2: Yep. We so. were
0: talking about. <laughs> we were talking about doing shooting here in March when we do like a little get-together at the house. Mm-hmm. So maybe it be something to try. Other than two, speed shooting. That's yeah. something I want to get. Like, it takes the thinking, takes
1: the all of a sudden being reactionary out when you miss your first shot. Yeah. So, um, and man, it's tough. It really is. And you need someone dead, dead nuts honest if they're going to go ahead and judge that because you put two guys next to each other. So, and you give them three seconds. And in that three-second window, you're pulling it. So, and one guy's on the left, one guy's on the right. So, and it's whoever gets to that bird quickest.
0: Hold on a That was super loud. That was. Beachwood, Ohio. Are we near Beachwood, Ohio?
1: Can't answer that question. We're on the other side of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so probably not.
0: No, let me, let me disconnect my thing and give out to Sean. I don't know, figure out if that's someone important. Hello? Uh, probably not. It's Amazon. Tell him yes. Is it a salesman? I have this one, and I did not want to answer it and bring him into his call. Okay, just hang up. <laughs> Thank you for listening to that. That was extremely loud. Did not realize that monitor was turned up. But, yeah, it's been a – I've had a good time here.
1: It's been it shows fun. fun. It's long. It is. Um, it,
0: I'd say this hits a gr- grueling point. Probably you guys are like getting there. Well, you you've been here every yeah. day.
1: Yeah. So tomorrow will just be it. will be nonstop all the way up until we close.
0: Tomorrow, so, last day.
1: Yeah. No, to Sunday's last day. Um, but we got you. Also got Philadelphia inside the Super Bowl too. So, um the moment they open the doors on Sunday, it's just gonna be a sprint until about one o'clock and then you're just gonna see the, the crowds just start to die out. Pretty much pack it up. Yeah. And and I get it, Philly's in the Super Bowl, so um but tomorrow's just gonna be it'll be crazy, like aisle stuffed, probably till about six thirty, seven o'clock at night. Usually that Saturday is a late day, like we still have people at the booth like seven thirty, four thirty eight at night. So So it's always a good day for us. Um you know, and it, it also helps, too, you get along with your neighbors. You're joking and laughing with them during the dead periods. If they got to gotta go to the bathroom. They'll cover your booth. Same thing with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's. I mean, they're like, really? I mean, what? Okay. I haven't had a milkshake yet. i just seen someone walk by the milkshake. Yeah. That, like, is that what you guys have been, mo- like, food laws? What has been the most impressive food thing here?
1: Um,
0: I've had right. a pickle. So, I've had a pickle. There's these
1: uh, good. The Amish rolled pretzels down there. That are absolutely phenomenal. They do a Philly cheesesteak. They do a buffalo chicken. I um, did see the Philly. He had che- the. He, I think he had the, the, the chicken and ranch yesterday. He was just like, this is, it's insane. The pickle guy's another good one though. Going to visit Peter Piper Pickles. Um, we usually go through about three pints of those every day.
0: So, you're working on three right now behind me. There's, well,
1: we got a quart too. We've got we're two pints down and we got half a quart left. So. So we're at our three pints for the day already. So, um, And it's just varying degrees of different types of heat, sweet, and so on. But, yeah, every day is kind of a milkshake day. We didn't give one to Connor yesterday, though, because he, was, he wasn't he was really in a milkshake mood. It wasn't.
0: I mean, he's still got to sell two more duck calls today.
1: He does. He does. We,
0: we, we, I mean, I handed him one. You did? I handed him one. He's got two more. I handed him we, we Him and Tim tag team another one.
1: So he told Doug he was going to sell four today. He promised he was going to fill in Doug's shoes. So if he doesn't sell his four, he gets to make my bed in the next two days. And he's got to wash all the dishes. (laughs) So because we eat like kings back in the hotel. We do. Yesterday we had had brisket, we had sausages, um, yeah, had taters. So tonight we're actually doing Italian. So we got a bunch of pasta we're gonna do. Ooh. We got some sauce.
2: <clears throat>
1: Matt did up a bunch of uh, sausage across the grill yesterday. So, I mean, even though it's a grind, you can make it fun.
0: Yeah, and that know? and that's that's the thing. Like with the different guys, like joking around with um with um duck waters and stuff about the sea ark boat and stuff and everything. Which he says he's building you one. I'm I'm gonna be excited to see what you're gonna do when you have a sea ark boat. And he's now built you one. And he's like, hey.
1: Here's the thing. I, I ordered one. He got backed up. It was supply chain issues. I already waited my year. He told me it was going to be another year. So, um,
0: Which, I mean, I do I do feel sorry for him being the business he is. Yeah, no. I mean, like, dude probably makes the best open water, I mean, the best open water boat. Yeah. Um, fun as crap to talk to. Hilarious. And dude's got all kinds of just, like, I mean business. And, like, dude, like, we were talking about the gods. The gods, like, we were talking about the video where, like, I forget who he said was up there in, um, I think it was on Lake Erie where they are busting the ice, riding the boat up on them, busting the ice. Mm-hmm. That was just so impressive.
1: You know, I can't, uh, I won't say it's out of, uh, out of impatience. I waited a year. You know, he told me it was going to be at least another year. So, um, so I did some more research. Sea Ark is a, a great boat. Well and here's and the thing
0: it, it is. And here's the thing, like and me and him kinda of talk about it. And it's just um it's just uh, funny because like when you think about it, like his boat like I mean where are you ninety percent hunt, if you're like unless you're gonna go to Lake Erie every single day, like his boats are a little extreme for kind of our rivers. Not that they can't not that they can't do it. Not that they wouldn't be great at it either. They are just a little extreme.
1: I think this one right here is only pushing five inches of, of draft. So
0: it I is, mean, but the thing's still a tank.
1: Yeah. So it's it's. I think I think mine's gonna have mine's a little bit better on the draft. Um, so I like the deepness of this one because I am. I'm gonna hit Lake Erie a lot, but it's more gonna be for smallmouth. Yeah. I've got some spots up there um, I can hunt. So, but it, it's one of those deals. I'm gonna use this boat ten months out of the year.
0: So. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing, like that, like those boats are made for hunting. Like I told him, man, they're long line. They're like Pit Boss uses them, man. He like, mm-hmm. dude, that dude uh, uses and abuses that boat he has. Yeah, from
1: Jeff's him. ordering a new boat from him.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's what we were talking about, man. Like guides, like I mean, not that he's just necessarily selling the guides, but man, he is like, if you're a guide and you're not using his boat and you're guiding on big water, you're not doing a service to your customers at all. No, I mean, that, his boats are built for that. That that would be like being a guide and, like, running, like, the shittiest spread ever, like, if you're, like, a Midwest place, like, or just dropping the dudes off and, like, just driving away. Like, oh, hey, you'll you're be good. We'll be back.
1: No, I would agree.
0: I mean, that's.
1: I, I know this. It, it's, it chapped his ass to find out. Now that I order a Sea Arc, I got my Sea Arc. I got it in eight months.
0: Yeah. That so, that was impressive because I'm not gonna lie. It was like taking me months to get mine. It was like, I mean,
1: well they told they told me it was gonna be nine months. Freaking freaking then, COVID
0: has like fucked everything so bad. Like it's just
1: yes or no. It could be just the new normal. Co- well, co- it is a co- new nor- co- it co- is a new normal.
0: Smart. It is the new normal. That's the problem. It is the new normal. It's not the old school. Um, honestly, the best way to find a boat if you want a boat, is to go find a dealership that just has one has it on the lot at that moment. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to order it from somebody, you might as well forget trying to order it. You might as well bump around.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I haven't had my boat out yet. Guys have seen it. And, yeah, I've already been offered $7,000 over what I paid.
0: Yeah, I mean, because, like, you can't find.
1: So, in fact, they were supposed to. The one part that did stink is that they were supposed to, um, they were supposed to break it in.
0: Yeah, so. they were supposed to – like, that's a big thing I've been seeing happening. Guys getting boats are having the dealerships break them in because they're getting them so late and so close to seasons and so close, like, especially bass boats. Bass guys are like – you're talking about, like, a bass guy doesn't have time to break in his boat 90% of the time. Like, no, it's 10 hours. I mean, he needs that mo- – like, it's, it's kind of a gr- – it's a – it takes a day, like you just like, and you think like day breaking in an engine, like oh, that ain't bad. Your day out on the water, no, it's it's ten hours of driving a boat, like it is grueling. Yeah,
1: you get, I mean, your X amount of time, you're at this many RPMs, and you got to take it up to this RPMs, so you got to bring it way back down to this RPM, and it's all time, and they, and they tell you straight out, do it in three hour increments.
0: Yeah, so. I think it took me a while to break mine in, and like I like I was like pushing to like get it broke in before, it like, and it's just boring because like unless you like. Throw like five gallons of gas under the side I'm gonna go like an hour and a half this direction, turn and come back. Then it's very, very boring. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: well, fishing season's coming up, <laughs> so I've actually figured it out where you know Doug and I are actually gonna start doing some cold water saw guy chasing because we have zero ice, so and I want to get the boat broken before the water temperature gets to a reasonable temperature for the smelt run. So yeah. I don't want to go through that smelt temperature range, so I'm being selfish. But, yeah, once Lake Erie hits that the smelt, they're going to start to run. The big smallies are going to come in shallow. So yeah. um, so I want to get done before then. this And I'll, I'll have 10, 12 hours in it So before I head up to Erie for the smallmouth. So yeah. that, that's the goal this year, 7-pound right? large or smallmouth. So I got the big large, I got the big crappies. I've done the big walleye, I've done the big saw guy, the big catfish. That that smallmouth eludes have you, me.
0: Have you ever thought about going over on the? Now nah, I'm gonna screw this up. Niagara, is it Niagara?
1: Well, there's there's um,
0: the one Niagara Falls. Like go above them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got some buddies that go over there, man. It's
1: yeah. They did a Bassmasters tournament out of there not too long ago. So, I actually just talked to a guy that's from that area. So, um, and he said, if you want to get into big smallies, he's like, because the U.S. side gets hammered, just go to the Canadian side.
0: Yeah, which got so, by a Canadian license. So they do, they do watch that very, very heavily. He's like,
1: There's not near the pressure that's there. So he's like half the time. Um, all you got to do is hold your license up. So and uh, Canadian fishing games, I'm going to mess with you. So just yep. hold the license up, and they just they, they let you go. So, but I think there's something to be said about doing it at home waters you know, Lake Erie. Yeah. So, I've got a few spots there. I've gotten some great advice from Mikey Wilcox. I've gotten some great advice from um, from Mick as well, too. So, um, I also fished with Kyle and Mason, and they've passed along some wisdom.
0: So, what's your biggest smallmouth so far?
1: Uh, the biggest one right now is six pounds, two ounces. And there's a possibility I could have had one this past summer. So... Um, it was just—it was a fluke reaction bite, but it doesn't matter. It was a bite. So the guys stopped. They were fishing a grass bed, more for mouths. So I decided I was going to start pitching a rattle trap right across the top of it. And my third cast, I ended up catching a, a decent one. Popped him back. Next thing you know, I'm onto my third fish. And these guys were just like, he might be onto something here. And I pitched in, about halfway to the boat, and absolutely hammer a slob. So, and right at the boat, it shakes loose. So and it was big enough where everyone was watching it during the jump, going, "What the heck?" Yeah. So I'm going to get the net for this one. This one is a dandy. So, and uh, yeah, yeah, lost it right at the boat. Even the guy that was on the net apologized. He's like, "That that's that's that was a seven-pound smallmouth."
0: Oh, that's harsh. So, um I'm a really good net guy. Yeah. Just saying, that. I can't catch shit, but I can net pretty good most of the time.
1: Man, it was brutal. Well, those guys are all diehard fishermen, so yeah, yeah. like those are rough on them. It, they, he legit Cause, turned around because everyone
0: in the boat like they, they're not mad; at you. they're they're more upset that it, the boat didn't have it. Because it to, to me, like fishing, like yeah, it's, it's your it's yours, but it's also the boats. The boat the boat got that. Yeah, um, they caught a few
1: good largemouths for Lake Erie. I was actually I was super impressed. I mean, these guys probably caught ten to one, but what I was catching was size, and that's what was fun. Yeah, I had another one snap off on of my drop shot. Never had that happen before, man. Just literally broke the line right at the boat as well, too. And that was a good one. I think they were a little under seven, but they were both convinced that that was that was the toad. So, yeah, that one hurt. So, but we lived to fish another day.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's what I mean. That's it's called fishing. It ain't called catching. Just uh-huh. like hunting. I've um,
1: spent a lot of time doing the same exact thing. The the next day, same weather, same wind, and so on. And one day they're on fire. And the next day, it's like, what the heck?
0: What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, fishing will like hum- Like fishing can humble you so fast. Yeah, you can go all day long and catch one fish and change your day, or you can go all day long and catch no fish.
1: We got some hot spots for this spring. We got some hot spots set up for the walleye run. Um, so we feel pretty good about it. Um, we got a new crappie hole we're going to try out too. Um, based off what we were catching at the end of the summer, I'm super excited. Especially for the, the spring spawn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were catching males at you know 13, 14, 15 inches.
2: Males.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. It's going to be. I, that's what I want. I want to get in a big crappy. Big crappy catch. Crappie.
1: That's. I love mean, doing it, man. You get on them, it is just lights out.
0: out yeah. fire. And that's what, like, that's. I got mean, to I get my troll motor fixed. It's probably what my dad's going to do with my boat a bunch is, because he's got a sea arc. So, yeah. like, doing the little lakes, like, it's a little tough getting that thing in and out. I mean, like, it's kind of a toad when you can't start the engine to load it. Um, granted, mine might be a toad, like, I start the engine, which I don't know how they're going to argue on mud motor when it kicks on. <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to ignore that sucker when it fires up. Granted, it's not that loud. People think it's loud to you're around it. Like, if you don't customize it, it's not loud. you
1: have a trolling motor in your boat? Uh,
0: I have trolling motor mount and everything. My uh, trolling motor is currently um, the same one I've had since we had the first boat and Bowfish, and we've broken the shaft, every part of it, and now I need to put a um, new... Um, I, I think it's somewhere in the motor's issue, but, like, I learned, like, I can buy a whole entire new motor and shaft for, like, 150 bucks. First, go buy a brand new troll motor for a thousand some bucks. I'm like, I'm like, why does anyone buy like? It's like buy replacement parts for you buy a new one.
1: You're a techie guy. I mean, you can. It's in that sealed.
0: It's in that sealed housing. I ain't trying to break that sealed housing open on bottom and try to figure it out. I've taken the top apart and looked at it. I've got a solder like a wire or two up there. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not. Saying,
1: just sell it. Sell it. Someone's going to buy it for parts. Go oh, yeah. Your, that's what I'm going to se- go sell. I'm going to sell it. Get yourself a new setup. Go get yourself a nice hummingbird with the iPilot. You can connect it right to your, right to, right to your minkota
0: No. Now, see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. You're a techie guy. Here's the problem with that is like, we're going to bowfish out of it. And you want to hand steer, huge, um, huge ball front there on the front of that thing. So you can literally ram a rock and take care of it. And like it doesn't do anything to it. I'll have to show you like how like I've I've hit some stuff pretty hard bow fishing, like with a troll motor. You don't realize how fast you can actually get going with a troll motor until that's all you're doing and going downriver. And then when you hit something you lose the motor under the boat and the flex. Yeah, you gotta have something that can come back from that. I've only broken a couple shafts, but <laughs> I'm rough on troll motors. I can't afford to buy like an expensive one and do that.
1: What pile of thrust are you doing?
0: Oh, we have like a fifty, some, no, 50, yeah, fifty-four, somewhere in there.
1: Uh, yeah. All right, fair enough. <laughs> like you know, they make quick releases and tethers, and you know all nah. that stuff. Take the pressure nah, off. you them. you get that like
0: you get the ones with the ball in there where you can just ram anything you want. It flexes. I've hit docks. I've hit all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, where's your trolling motor again? It's on the front. Sometimes, sometimes it's like halfway under the back. It's still <laughs> being worked on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not been worked on yet. It's a simple fix. Um,
1: I can tell you were just taking us through the whole process.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, you know, here's as we get ready to wrap up, um, you're about out of goose calls.
1: Yeah, it's been a great show for goose calls.
0: I'm and I'm not surprised, man. I will. I've I've said this before, and I've told a lot of guys, man. Hands down, if you want, best goose call, love them, freaking love it. Like I I don't know what it is either. I've blown so many. Brands, So many different things. And I just, it's, I don't know what you're doing, man. It's something special. I, I, like, I mean, it is something that, like, I i have one of each. And I have, I will have doubles of each because I lose them so often. <laughs> I am the king of losing calls. Well,
1: I appreciate that. I think part of it is sitting down and, and just the core group of guys that I have around me. Um That's a a big part of our success and what we do and that sound we try to achieve. It's also, you know, once we develop something, it isn't just putting it out on the market. It's actually getting to people's hands, getting their feedback on it. Yeah. That's why the spec call and the the, the cut down have taken as long as they have. Yeah. You know, it's getting them in people's hands, letting them hammer on them, trying to make them fail, or what can we possibly tweak, and then making those subtle adjustments because we want to put the best quality product out there. Um, You know, it it, it also helps that we just so happen to be in, like, that – uh, we're starting to call it the goose killing capital of the world, just because Ohio is just a hotbed for big geese. It um, is, man. The greater—I mean,
0: I mean—where they—they're not where they used to be.
1: The reservoirs that we have, the quarry systems that we have, the river systems that we have, metro parks, the conservation programs—I mean, we have a very, very long season a very liberal limit. So, and it's like we're not even putting a dent in them. And there, there's hardcore hunters, and there's guys just absolutely just beating on them nonstop. So. I've seen
0: multiple multiple days back-to-back-to-back to back in Ohio from guys I know. They were shooting 60 a day, and it was like they were doing it again. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how far they're traveling to do it again, but I don't think it was that far.
1: We've had whammers where, I mean, usually we're you know, you'll know you hit a field, let a field rest. We're beating on fields two, three days in a row just because we're pulling the rig, and there's 150, 200 birds already back in the field. That's where they want to be. They're sitting in a different section of the field. Cool. That's what we're going to set up tomorrow yeah so i mean it's
0: get in there get it done quick and move on
1: yeah and you need guys that are shooting straight um you know the skinnies help too it makes cleanup super easy you can get packed up and i mean we're, we're sticking out 15 dozen skinnies so throw layout lines in the back of a small trailer get your skinnies back in there you're in and out of the field and you can be out there 20 minutes yeah next thing you know here comes the next group let them land and just watch as they start filtering them back in you no. Know, um we constantly have a guy scouting looking for the next hunt as well too. We all rotate through it. So it's that it's just the importance of having that crew. Um but it's that it's that goose sound that helps too. You know, having five hundred resident birds constantly flying over your house, constantly sitting on either side of your house and fields, that helps as well too.
0: Yeah. Um hmm. real quick as we wrap up, the read and a half. Yep. It is sold pretty hot. You got yeah. two left. I think I got two left. Two left, and I'm surprised they're left because I've almost sold the one twice. Yeah,
1: it happens. If they wouldn't know? be
0: tire kick, if they would, if they wouldn't kick tires and just come back and buy them, which there's probably going to come back later and buy I mean, I, mm-hmm. some of them will. Some of them, I mean,
1: some call it tire kicking. I tell it straight out. Listen, you're you're spending your hard-earned money. Find what works for you. Find yeah. what you absolutely love. Now, a lot of time people are walking back, yep. so there, there's times you're going to miss out on it.
0: I mean, um, go try everybody else, yeah. see what you like, come back. That's.
1: But the read and a half is fun just because it it gives you the volume and the range of a single read, but gives you the versatility of a double read
0: with with the feeder.
1: It's got that nasty ducky sound. It's just it's that ultra light cut top read that that um, really produces those notes guys are looking for. And it doesn't matter what their calling style is. Every guy that's picked it up, is just like I like this call. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like,
0: and I'm not like I know I know more about geese. And the crazy thing is like. And goose calls just because, and because I tried to learn more about them, because everyone I started out hunting with knew duck calls already. So I'm like, well, you can figure out how to call them damn things. I'll figure out how to call the other things that no one wants to hunt. I mean, opportunity was there, and I mean, no one wanted to hunt them mm-hmm. for a long time. People still don't really want to hunt geese down around us. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the every like I know everyone has different calling styles because I know how many calls some of my friends have. I mean, they've got 20 calls each, sadly. I mean, because well, you just – it's not sadly. I've got a bunch of calls. I've got – I mean, I, I buy some calls just to have that brand because, like, it's just inter- – you know what I mean? Just interesting to have. Like, it's a collector to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of the weird collector. Like, I've kind of fell in love with, like, collecting calls and stuff and been interested about them and just put different things on them. But that, like you said, everyone's calling style. Like, on the Goose calls, you see how we have to change around – that it's literally everyone just fits. That call fits everyone. Like, we can, like, try on two different duck calls, and they're like, they might be different on it, and then we switch over there. Looks like Fox Pro has turned on their call. I don't know if you can hear that, but I can. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: no, we, we hear it all the time. It, it gets to the point you just kind of you zone out, you don't hear it anymore. Uh, this was um, the first time I've heard it today. I think what's interesting is we, we've noticed this, too, that um, as cutdowns have come back, guys are putting more read and J frames we try to achieve that, that, that cut-down that, that cut sound. And what it's done is actually made duck calls tougher to blow. So we're constantly telling guys, you don't need a ton of air to run any of our calls. No. And all of a sudden, we tell them, hey, just back it down a bit, and they are singing, just well, absolutely singing yeah. on calls.
0: And that's where, like, for me, cut-downs, what cut-downs I've been around and I like, I like the L.A.s, mm-hmm. which are the more – I don't know a lot about them, but I think they're a little more similar to the, you might know more about the LA styles, which are the cutoff tones and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like those like a hundred times better than I like an actual cut down because they are going back towards the J frame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the funniest thing ever. Everyone's trying to change J frame sound like cut downs. cut downs. are cutting down the LAs to sound like J frame to like work like a J frame on air. It's, it's this endless cycle of.
1: It goes to show the versatility of what we can do now versus what um, couldn't be done 40, 50, 60 years ago. So, And it's listening to what the consumer wants. Yes. So, um, and it's making subtle adjustments to it. So for us, it was just about achieving that. It, we, we wanted that cut down, that guys pick it up, and that was it. That's the one they had to have because it's it, it basically checking off every box they had. Yeah. It's the same thing as a spec call. Some subtle adjustments on our part, and all of a sudden we've got a call that's absolutely singing because, so. like, I
0: mean, right now, like, if you ask 90% of people out there what spec call they want, it's a riceland mm-hmm. Never even heard of Reisland until the first time I asked about a spec call and everyone was like, riceland Yeah. I'm like.
1: Yeah, that's her bread and butter.
0: I was like, what is, what is that? And, so,
1: then, and you're seeing as the migration changes, as weather patterns change, you're seeing, like, Illinois. So Illinois is a prime example um, from the probably the center of the – middle of the state all over the southern that's all they're doing is they're running spec calls yeah that's what they is. want so um I've, we do some shows in that neck of the woods and we have gone from you know we, we noticed we were selling 40 50 honker calls over a three-day show to all of a sudden we're selling 15 10 just because guys are looking for spec calls yep so and there were so few being offered at the time all of us hurried up to try to get them out there so um so we will be doing some shows over the summer um, where we're going to be loading up. Same thing out here, you know. A lot of the a lot of the guys we talk about a real tough goose season, so now they're going after um, they're going after snow geese. And yep. it turns out in certain zones they can't use e-collars, so <laughs> snow goose is open. It's not conservation, so they have to use hand calls. I only brought six snow calls here. I sold all six on the first Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean so that's.
1: So next year I'll be rolling in with twenty-five of them.
0: Yeah. So, I mean,
1: it's just, it, it, the weather patterns change, migrations change, people change, their hunting habits change. So, their calling habits change. So, it, you got to stay up with the times.
0: Yeah, that's what you got to do.
1: So, well, this has been fun.
0: It's been a lot of fun.
1: It has. I enjoy having you guys here. I don't know about Sean.
0: Sean is, I feel like Sean has dreaded it. He didn't like having to walk around with me. I walk too fast.
1: I think Sean needs a milkshake.
0: Do you want a milkshake, Sean? I'll let you not count the calories on it this time.
1: Sean, I'm going to get a milkshake after this. You want a milkshake? You want the orange cream, or do you want the half and a half, or just straight chocolate? You want the orange cream? I'm going to get the orange cream.
2: All
0: right. Let's yeah. go get it. Let's go get a milkshake. Let's go get a milkshake. All right, guys. Peace out. Once again, thank you to listening to another episode of Red Lake Talk. We'll be back next week. Actually, probably the week after next. With another episode, me and Chris will be chit-chatting about kind of how he thought the show went and expectations moving forward and what's up next for KS and kind of the summer we'll be rolling right into turkey pretty soon. So we'll catch you guys on the flip side.